Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Previously on Murder on the Space Coast, where is Brandy Hall? And uh, he was more shocked, more confused. I didn't see, which I wouldn't expect it from a guy that's been shocked, uh, you know, crying, weeping, or wailing. Didn't really. It was more astonished than anything. Like, yeah, you know, what happened? I, I don't know. And uh, so I left there, felt comfortable. I didn't spend a lot of time with Jeff. Talked to him. I asked him. I said, "You talked to Brandy?" Because no, I haven't talked to her. I didn't. You know, I haven't talked. Didn't even talk to her yesterday. Is what he told me. I haven't talked to her. I haven't talked to her. I said, "Okay, that's kind of weird because we can't get a hold of her." You know, and and then, you know, everybody's calling now. We're calling everybody. I'm news columnist John A. Torres, and welcome back to Murder on the Space Coast, Where is Brandy Hall? We've been asking that question ever since the 32-year-old firefighter and mother of two walked out of the Malabar Fire Station on Thursday night, August 17, 2006. She hasn't been seen since. And by now, after the first six episodes, you're probably shaking your head wondering why this case hasn't been solved especially since Brandy's truck, with her blood in it, was found only 12 hours after she was last seen or heard from. Well, in addition to the refusal of Brandy's husband, Jeff Hall, to cooperate with police, and we know it's always the husband in these cases, right? We also have Brandy's lover, Randall Richmond, who lies to police hours after Brandy's truck is discovered in a pond, and then changes his story two days later, claiming that Brandy said she was going to leave town. So, in addition to these two obstacles, the police also had to seriously look at another angle. The first angle, really, that people speculated about. Drugs. With her husband about to be sentenced to prison for a fairly large grow house operation, and Brandy set to testify on his behalf, could she have been killed by a gang or a drug lord? Or knowing how tight things had gotten financially after losing her job as a firefighter and her husband about to go to prison, did Brandy try and shake down some of her husband's drug associates and wind up dead? Remember, Randall Richmond told investigators that Brandy said she was waiting on some money that night. You know, because the last thing she told me on the phone that night was she was waiting on money. She was getting money. She was waiting on money. She had said it a couple of different ways. She was waiting on money. She was getting money. And she, you know, and then where are you going? What are you doing? You know. And there were other stories floating around as well regarding other lovers and wife swapping groups that police said had to be looked into. So right from the start, there were lots of avenues that the police had to explore. Of course, complicating matters was the fact that there was no body. Brandy could have intentionally disappeared. 
The following is some interesting police chatter among Sergeant Ken Arnold, Detective Jess Swelter, and police officer Jennifer Graves from the pond a few days after Brandy's truck was pulled out of it. Detectives working the case must follow up on every viable lead until they can rule out certain information. Weeks into the case, a list of potential suspects still remain. You start, you start from what you have, and then you start backtracking, and you go back in time. There is a house there that we need you to go and sit on in case we need a search warrant. Um, you determine where she was last seen, who she was with, um, and try and determine what her uh, state of mind was. Um, the last time anyone saw her. Because there's nothing down there. There's no tire tracks or anything. And try to determine any physical evidence um, at the scene itself to help you determine that. Um, and then you start interviewing people and determine what everyone recalls. You work it as the worst case scenario. It's very difficult because now um, you can't say for sure that there's a homicide. So you're working it as one, but uh, without uh, being able to have a body, you can't determine the circumstances surrounding the death. So therefore, it's a, it's a whodunit. It was pretty clear from the start that the drug angle was one the police would have to dive into. Here is retired detective Doc Jones, who along with Sid Ledow were asked by the Palm Bay Police Department to look into this cold case in 2009. Both men have spent years working to solve the mystery. What did she do to warrant somebody killing her, okay? That's the question I have, and I don't know the answer. I have a lot of suspicions. Did this thing have anything to do with the GROW operation? I don't know. I won't say the sign of it. It's just that... The GROW operation was done, and uh, he was busted. Uh, she was arrested, too, and those charges were dropped on her. Yep, that's what the police thought as well, as they eventually ruled out drug involvement as the reason for Brandy's disappearance. As far as police were concerned, Jeff Hall and his partner Paul Hirsch both pled guilty to manufacturing cannabis, and there was no evidence to suggest it was a bigger operation. Here is Detective Mike Pusatier. When you're growing marijuana, you are the top of the food chain. <laughs> so they're growing marijuana, so there was no drug lords that they were selling it to. They would sell to one person and one person only that Paul Hirsch knew, and they would never tell on who that is because it was somebody that he'd known for years and years and years. And they said, look, we, did, we were the ones that were growing it, we were the ones that did wrong, we'll take our lumps. Right, okay. And so there was, there was no... Um, exchange of information for reduced sentence kind of arrangement for him. He was pleading guilty to the charges. Gotcha. And so if you're pleading guilty to the charges, there's really no reason for somebody to come out and try to kill you or send a message to you to be quiet because th there's nothing... He isn't ratting on anybody. Correct. Retired Detective Sid Ledow believes the operation was even smaller, or at least less profitable, than reported. Remember, in an earlier episode, it was reported that the drug operation was bringing in about $30,000 every two months. The profits were not big enough, Sid believes, to warrant any sort of gangland hit or violent message. Uh, as far as organized crime and, and with the marijuana and all that kind of stuff, no, 
because I talked quite extensively with Jeff about that, and they really didn't make that much money. They really didn't. My God, the diesel fuel ate them up, for one thing. Uh, and then he had, it was half of it to the guy that was doing all the work. And then what, what he did make was a blown, you know, he'd just give it to Brandy and she'd buy jewelry and stuff. There was no connection there at all. Now, some of the retired cops who were interviewed by Sid Dow and Doc Jones speculated that they thought the drug operation could have been much bigger and that Brandy's involvement was much deeper than originally thought. They didn't provide any evidence, and I couldn't get them to say that to me on the record. So we'll have to go with what we know and have. Also, quite a few people interviewed believed that Jeff and Brandy were part of a swingers group, or that wife swapping would happen during group camping trips, and maybe that lifestyle had something to do with Brandy's disappearance. I asked Mike Pusatier about it. Heard the rumor, but nobody obviously would be willing to confirm that, so it remains that. Um, never found any evidence to support it, other than people saying, well, I heard this, well, who'd you hear from? Well, I don't know, I just heard it around. So you could never chase it back to a source. Um, I think it was just something people would say because you had um, several groups of people that would go camping together, and that's probably where the rumors originated from. Um, but we were never able to prove or have any evidence to support that whatsoever. I also asked Jeff Hall about it. So people say that at these trips there were like swinger parties or like things yeah, like that? Yeah, no, absolutely not. I mean, there was more kids there than adults. I mean... He had three from, um, three, you know, yeah, everybody had kids. We all had multiple kids. So we was all with kids all the time. So yeah, no, that's absolutely not the case. Okay, so if drugs or swinging leads are eliminated, or at least can't be proven, then what about Brandy's lover, Randall Richmond's story? He says that Brandy told him she was leaving, just leaving town. She was fed up, angry at Jeff, broke, and was out of here. Randall said he urged her to think about her children. Here is what Randall told investigators. She said that she was waiting on money. All right, where are you getting money? Who are you getting money from? Which was never answered. Everything was always, I'm just getting money. I'm waiting on money. You know, how much money? She wouldn't say. Where are you going? I'm leaving. Where are you? You can't leave. Where are you going? You got your kids. You got this thing with court, you know. What are you talking about leaving? Well, she, nothing was ever answered. Nothing was ever very clear. When you hung up the phone with her, when you hung up the phone with her, and she said, I'm leaving, I'm getting money, everything, how did you feel? I felt confused. Let me ask you this, where is she getting all this? So just to clarify, Randall Richmond tells investigators that Brandy said she is leaving. She does not tell him where or why or for how long. She then tells him to get rid of the phone they used to communicate with. But by Sunday, when he has not heard from her via pager, Randall says he is worried. Could she really have staged this? Did she run away? Somewhere along the lines, the police had to look into the theory that Brandy, a trained EMT who knew how to draw blood, had been drawing her own blood for a while in order to save enough to stage this accident. And remember, as crazy as this sounds, everyone did say that the only way for there to have been blood found in a submerged truck with the windows open 
was if the blood had been allowed to dry. Was Brandy faking her own death? Here is Randall Richmond again, talking with investigators. You don't I don't know, know if she ran off. Yeah. I don't know if she ran off. I don't know if she ran off with somebody. You know, I don't know if she was a smart girl. I don't know if she could have staged the blood that they said was in the truck. You know, I just don't know. I really don't know. He's trying to... I don't know if something happened to her. And Detective Mike Pusatier said that the exact amount of blood found was not certain. Maybe she was not dead after all. Well, that's one of the things that we never really could prove conclusively is exactly how much blood, because you have the water getting mixed with the blood to know how, what the exact volume of blood was. Um, the blood, to me, would have been a significant, uh, significant amount of blood loss to a person. Um, could I say that that would be a fatal amount of blood? No, I can't say that because there, there's really not a good way to tell that um, from what we have. All that being said, is it really possible Brandy could have just walked away and left everything, including her kids, behind? Again, here is Detective Mike Pusatier. We would monitor her bank accounts. Um, we talked to family members and friends and monitor, um, even up to this point, you know, social media and stuff to see if anybody's reached out to her kids because she... To a person, I mean, Brandy had her faults, but she was a good mom to her kids. So she would not abandon them in spite of everything else. She would still maintain some kind of contact with them. Um, the fact that she's never reached out to any of her friends or family, her parents, nobody. Um, that kind of lends some discredit to that theory. Now, while the vast majority of people interviewed by Sid and Doc say that there is absolutely no way that Brandy would ever leave her kids. There were a few who openly questioned her maternal instincts and said that it was Jeff who really took care of the children. I asked Brandy's mother about it, since a mother would know her own daughter, right? I know she would not leave on her own. She would never leave her family or her kids, her job, us, her kids. She would not do that in a million years. That was not her. She either had to have had amnesia, there had to have been some reason, somebody had to have forced her to leave. I don't know what it is or what. I don't know, but... Right, because, I mean, her husband's going to jail. She's not going to leave these right. two little kids right. uh, alone, right? Right. I mean, if she loved her no, kids, No, she would not do that. And she loved her kids. Right. Oh, yes. She loved them dearly. <laughs> yes. She loved her family, she loved her kids. She, would, she, was, she was a great daughter and a great mother. She, was, she would never do that. The other person who knew best about Brandy's maternal instincts would be the father of her children, Jeff. And so I asked him as well. And figured I could believe his answer since after all this time, and after learning about Brandy's affair with Randall Richmond, I figured he might not owe Brandy any allegiance. She's a good mom. I mean, God, she breathed and lived the kids. And that's, you know, like she left and Randall said, oh, she ran away. Um, well, you know what? She lived and breathed the kids. I mean, you could talk to anybody in the community that liked her or not liked her. The kids were always with us. They're always with us doing stuff. Okay, so most agree that Brandy would never have just left of her own volition. If she did leave, was she forced or coerced? And would someone really be able to totally live off the grid all this time? 
I mean, I suppose she could have changed her name and assumed an entirely new identity. But that sounds like the stuff of Hollywood, right? Here's retired detective Sid Liddell. She thought that her husband was going to go to prison the next day. If he had, um, who was going to take care of the kids? She couldn't have run away. Somebody had to take care of those kids. She loved those kids, and, and, and Jeff did too. And she would never have left them either. And then somebody else said, well, she got a lot of money and is down at, uh, in the islands. I never did go for that one. She didn't have a passport. She'd never been there before. Although I will say my wife and I were sitting at Senior Frogs one time in Nassau, and there was a blonde <laughs> that waited on us, and I said, whoa, this, I'm looking at, you know, but I looked at her face, and it couldn't have been her because this girl didn't have any scars on the side of her face, and Brandy did from that ATV accident when she was 12 years old. It sounds like not many people believe that Brandy ran off, as her lover Randall Richmond said she told them she was doing. Maybe that was her plan. Maybe she planned to leave and something happened, something bad. In a 2017 email to me through his lawyer, Alan Landman, Richmond said he still believes that the drug connection cost Brandy her life. He said he would like to believe he'll see her again once more. Here is retired super sleuth, Sid Liddell. A book that I read said, if there is no motive, then it was either an accident or a gang, gangland hit. I, I don't see the gangland hit. Then I'm faced with it was an accident. I think, wait a minute now. What the hell's going on here? An accident. You know, I, I have really looked at this thing for hours at a time. Was it an accident? Was it self-defense? Quite frankly, I don't know. But I know that the person that was with her panicked. Sid's theory is that the person responsible for Brandy's death, whether it was accidental or even self-defense, panicked over the trouble he or she was in now. They could see their retirement, reputation, and everything else going down the drain. I imagine what he did with the set on the side of the bed for six or seven hours, wondering what the hell do I do next? Doc Jones shares similar feelings. His theory is that whoever was responsible absolutely had to have some kind of assistance after an accident or altercation that left Randy dead. Somebody had some help. That's what I'm saying. I don't think one person, one person probably killed her. I think that person had some help moving her out of the truck into a vehicle and hauling her away and getting rid of her, okay? I don't think that was a one-person deal. Right. I don't think that. Can I prove that? No. That's a feeling I have. And that's the reason I think there's second Charlie that you can, if somebody, they, well, I didn't really want to be involved in this, but. Right. And what that person may have done would not constitute a murder charge. And I think it's a bit long in the tooth to be charging somebody with obstruction or uh, aiding and abetting or you know something of that nature. Uh, but I would like to be able to put my finger on the event, okay? But I can't tell you with any degree of certainty how she died. 
I know what I think, but is is that the only way? No, I don't think so. I can't tell you what happened to her body. I think the body was hauled away. Is that true? I don't know. And he found the body yet. Right. <laughs> and, and if we find the body in Felsmere, I'll say, yeah, see, I told you so. <laughs> But other than that, uh, there's just too many unknowns in this thing. Next time on Murder on the Space Coast, where is Brandy Hall? Jeff Hall breaks his silence and talks to the police, who try and verify both his alibi and that of Randall Richmond. He goes, there's something not right here, and... And I don't know if it's by conversations they've had with them. I don't know. You know, saying, you know, that, you know, something's not right here. You know, something's not right. You know, they're trying to pin it on, you know. I said, well, I'm the husband. I mean, everybody knows that. He goes, well, no, you're not talking to him. When, when you were talking to her, where were you? At the station. Okay. From that time forward, did you ever leave the station? Never left the station. The question was asked, did Randall leave the department that night? That's the wrong question. It should have been, did you see Randall leave fire department that night? If you have any information as to Brandy Hall's whereabouts, please call 1-800-423-TIPS. That's 1-800-423-8477. Calls are anonymous and are not recorded. To subscribe to Florida Today, please visit floridatoday.com forward slash WMO. For now, I'm news columnist John A. Torres, and you can follow me on Twitter at John Albert Torres. That's at J-O-H-N-A-L-B-E-R-T-O-R-R-E-S. And for more information on these cases and web exclusives, please go to whereisbrandyhall.com. Murder on the Space Coast is written and narrated by me, John A. Torres. The producer is Rob Landers, and the editor is Mara Bellaby. Thank you for listening to Murder on the Space Coast, brought to you by Florida Today, a part of the USA Today Network.